Boys, you're listening to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast, uh, and you are joined by your usual hosts in their usual voices. Myself, Josh Hartley, Ben Porter. Hello. And Charlotte Porter. Hello. Hello. And we are, uh, we have got an actual uh, metric uh, F-ton of news for you. Look, I censored myself there. Nice. Yeah. Classy. Yeah, yeah, classy. Classy. Yeah. Um, for you this week, uh, I think our main topic's going to be Kickstarter again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> again. <laughs> but uh, a few other little tidbits before we dive into everything. Yeah. So it's been a it's been quite a few announcements. I guess it's getting to that time of the, we're we're in the second half of the year, and I guess a lot of the companies are gearing up towards Christmas and that sort of thing. Oh, don't forget, Adepticon is around the yeah, corner as get well. Adepticon, uh, Gen, Gen Con, Gen Con, I beg your pardon. We've got Gen as well. Con, and then we've got Spiel. So, yep. Um, all the marketing goes into Overdrive around this time of year. So, first things first, uh, Wizards of the Coast have just announced that they're going to be doing a Transformers card they game. They have. This Very is going to be excited. this is going to be freaking awesome. Yeah. Um. I I really like it. So they they've released a couple of like sort of teaser images for it. Uh, the art style is very much in line with the eighties uh, yeah. cartoon because uh, they look like robots as opposed to the movies uh, because they don't look like just awful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. And I believe what uh, what the setup is. You play one of the Transformers. Yeah. And obviously you get the ability to transform. So the the character card is double-faced. Ah, okay. Uh, so you've got your robot on one side and your vehicle form or dinosaur form or whatever yeah. on the other. And your deck is a deck of like actions yeah. that your uh, Transformer can do. So things like move, fight, whatever. Um, I, I, I mean, one, Wizards of the Coast are definitely the right kind of people to pull this off really makes sense given actually that of course they are owned by Hasbro who yep. also own Transformers yeah, so no weird stuff with the license going on there yep. so yep. They, they should have a pretty free reign to do to use all the source material available yeah. to them and there is a lot of source material yeah. for Transformers as well uh, Transformers also a massively popular IP yeah. um, I mean there, there's a whole generation of kids that grew up with them Um that are now adults who I think are more than happy yeah. to to jump on that nostalgia train. Yeah. But it, it's one of these franchises, a bit like Pokemon, where it's like, it is going to be there until the world runs out of 12-year-olds. Yep. yep. And, and frankly, nerdy adults as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they announced that they are looking for an August release for the United States. Uh-huh. They haven't given any other indication for other territories including of course the UK yeah uh, we will update you as uh, we find out more funnily enough um, Transformers universe is probably one of the few fictions where I would want to be the good guys over the bad really? guys oh you're an Autobot are you who's your favourite oh it has to be Bumblebee Bumblebee's Bumblebee. awesome Alex Starscream <gasps> I've always liked Decepticon. Mm-hmm. He's also he's the most deceptive Decepticon. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I I actually have Starscream. You do? Yeah, there you we go. Starscream. Right here. There you go. He's awesome. a bit battered, but yeah, it's the nice. man himself. Nice. I do have Transformer. I do have an Optimus Prime at home as We've well. We've got Optimus Prime. I, yeah. I've got a few different awesome. Optimus Primes. Yeah. Um, 
Is, are you an Optimus Prime kind of guy? Uh, I would say so. Is he a, Free- is he a man? Your Freedom- man robot lorry thing. Freedom <laughs> is the right of all sentient beings. There we go. Um, but I <laughs> wiser words than any of our modern day politicians. <laughs> <laughs> Optimus Prime for president. Yeah. Uh, oh God! Uh, someone must have done the Barack Obama hope thing yeah. with Optimus Prime's yeah. face it, instead. It's got to be. It's inevitable. Somewhere. It's inevitable. Yeah. So we'll make it happen. Otherwise, we're all excited for that one. Yep. Um, yeah. We'll we'll give you more details as and when uh, we get them. But hopefully yeah. we can. Uh, get our grubby little mitts on that Uh, sooner rather than later um so another announcement um a little bit late here but it's still worth mentioning cthulhu death may die yes ah yes probably heard of this yes another cthulhu game i mean i i I say with a big pool yeah i well a big miniature (laughs) is that a miniature technically no it's It's the max if if, if you if you've never if you haven't seen the the photo of the uh cthulhu model that they're yes. doing with this project it is about the size of a toddler yeah, um, yeah it's huge yeah, yeah i love it i think it is gorgeous grotesquely gorgeous but this is the thing it's right thing I love. Cool, cool mini or not you seldom can you fault their miniatures mm. yeah. yeah yeah the stuff's great the jury's out as far as far as i'm concerned on the gameplay um tin hat foil for a minute i actually think that they're not finished developing the game. Okay. I think that's the main reason that it's two years away from... That right, is okay. a long, yeah. long time to wait. Because yeah. not only has it been the cost, it's been out of pocket for that long a period. Yeah, it's like £200 yeah. if you want the big Cthulhu. And let's face it, if you're going in for this, you're probably going to want the big Cthulhu. In for a pen- uh, it's like the old phrase, in for a penny, yeah. in for a trans-dimensional yeah. elder god. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, been lots, there's been lots on Facebook, I don't know if either of you can clarify, but do you need the the, the miniature for the game? So, the, well, this is the thing, because a lot of people have said, can I not just get yeah. the big Cthulhu? And apparently it is tied into an expansion for the game. So could you get the game without the miniature? You, yeah, because you can always get the base game. You don't need that specific manager. expansion. I think what we should do, right, is we get the base game, and for the moment when we need the the giant Cthulhu, get a toddler. We, we no, we get a teddy bear. A teddy bear. And that will <gasps> that would be us, like our crack team of because this is set in the nineteen twenties, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Our crack team of gangsters and flapper girls will be fighting a giant teddy bear well, in Arkham. Maybe even because we've got some uh, Cthulhu snowmen that somebody crocheted us yeah. for Christmas one year. There Could we maybe get a nice big crocheted Cthulhu. A giant crocheted <laughs> Cthulhu. <laughs> Could maybe dress up Optimus Prime exactly. as yeah, Cthulhu. There we are. There yeah. we go. Um, so uh, Rob DeVoe is involved mm-hmm. in this yep. one, which is the main pool for a lot of people. Rob DeVoe... Um, the, the daddy of the the legacy format or yes. genre. Yes, the other half of uh, the developers for Pandemic Legacy. To yeah. name a few. So they they've got two they've they've got a load of heavyweights involved in this. I think I've said to you as well they they now have um, a, a small team yeah. of sculptors that used to work for Games Workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, so. They they've certainly got the pedigree. Um, it's been met with controversy because Cool Mini or Not still have a number of projects that have not yet been yeah. fulfilled. Uh, a lot of people um, stamping their feet about that, um, and they they also have started doing these incremental pledges. Uh, you've got to get in early, so, and then yeah. the first, So you were saying to me like the first fifty 
for the giant Cthulhu one was you, like an early it's bird. It's like the car thing. boot sale yeah. thing, you yeah. know, like you turn up and the you know the first ten are like cheaper, and then they increase the prices as they go. So, it, you know that 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 feels a little bit sketchy. Are you getting it? No. 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 Two two years is a long time to be out of pocket. We for did consider it. We, we did, did consider, consider it, it. But as soon as the the main thing is like I I maybe could have done, got I maybe could have paid the money. Mm-hmm. But two years is way too long. Okay. To to be out of pocket two hundred pounds for a game. Also, is it going to be better than the Fantasy Flight? Yeah. Cthulhu stuff. We're also still waiting on some cool mini or not games coming. Yeah. Still waiting no, on yeah. um, a song about some fire. fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is shipping this month, as Ooh. far as I'm aware. It's it's the stuff has arrived in the UK and they've begun shipping yeah. it to to backers. To be fair, but um, Cthulhu Death May Die. It's like, wh- will it what? go? The thing is, will it go to retail? Probably. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You know. You might have to pay a bit more for it. You might not get a giant Cthulhu miniature with it, but yeah. do you need? Do you need? Does anyone need a giant? Cthulhu It'll go miniature? to retail, and the other thing is, somebody that I know will probably be have getting it. it. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. I would probably have played it like a handful of times. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I don't know. I just, uh, it, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really sold on it. But with, uh, with the whole Cthulhu mythos. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arkham Horror, the card game, is not just the best Cthulhu game out there just now. It is up there as one of the best tabletop games. I fail to see what Cthulhu Death May Die can offer that is going to be better than the Arkham Horror living card game. For a lot of people, it's probably just the miniatures. Giant miniature. Giant miniature. But I, I, I feel like I, I already have a bunch of other games that are sufficiently mm. cinematic. Yeah. The, th- yeah. the thing I, I love about the Arkham Horror card game is that it's all playing out in my head, mm. yeah. and it's relatively quick and easy to set up. But yeah, enough about that. Um, Eclipse uh, the, has launched a new edition on Kickstarter, Hipster Twilight Imperium, as I like to call it. Yes, so this is the the redux of uh, of uh, the classic game. Yeah. So uh, that's just gone live on Kickstarter. Do we know how long's left on that? I think I think it went up about a week ago. So oh. there's, there's probably still a few weeks yet on it. Mm. Um, Has it smashed its goals already? Do, done very well, from what I understand, which was to be expected. Mm-hmm. It's because Eclipse is one of these games where um, until this campaign. It was very difficult to get a hold of, yes. and people were paying a lot of money to get it. So, it stands to reason that that is getting a new edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last Kickstarter that I feel it's worth mentioning is the Homestar Runner people. Yes, are have uh, you know a lot of people will remember them as the the really weird but hilarious cartoon internet cartoon mm-hmm. that was around in the early noughties. Um. So you had the the eponymous Homestar Runner, who was the main character, and he had like Strong Bad and the Cheat and all these other oh yeah 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 you know, wacky characters. They have just launched a game on Kickstarter called Trogdor. Double exclamation mark. Yep. Trogdor. Uh, how, how does the double exclamation mark make you feel, Ben? Um, it's suitably metal. Yeah. <laughs> I feel. So for anyone that doesn't know. 
Ben has what would you call it? Oh, As, like a, an an irritation from over punctuations. Yes, yes. But if I feel for Trogdor, it's applicable. Okay, this um, is the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. Um, so Trogdor is a dragon. Mm-hmm. So Trogdor's part of a fictional setting within the Homestar Runner universe. Sure. And he's a dragon that runs around the countryside, burninating the peasants and their thatched roof cottages. As as a dragon is one to do. Yeah. So you, it's a cooperative puzzle game mm-hmm. where you and up to six. Or you and up to five players. Mm-hmm. It's up to it supports up to six players, are uh, running around the map, uh, trying to burninate <laughs> the countryside. Does he have an arm? Yeah, he's got a big muscly arm coming out his back. Yeah, why it's not? The dragon is not terrifying why enough. Why not? Um, I thought that was a wing at first. But, but do you know, yeah. you get so the game includes all these little meeples, right? Uh huh. But it actually includes. Little bits of fire that you put on top of the peasant meeples. Oh. It actually looks really good. I love it. To show that they're on right. fire. Yeah, that's amazing. And you've got the heroes trying to disrupt things. Mm-hmm. So e- each of the the players plays a cultist who mm-hmm. has summoned Trogdor. Right. And you're trying to lay waste to the countryside, and these annoying heroes are trying to stop you. I really like the sound of this. Yeah. I really do. So. I, just when I'd said to myself that I was getting a bit fed up with Kickstarter, this came out. <laughs> have you backed it? You were ready to come off Kickstarter entirely. I, know. I, I think I might have to. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll discuss that in a bit more detail later. Yes. 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 Uh, so before we move on to the main segment, hopefully by the time that you... No, you will. We will. You by are, the time, yes. By the time you finish listening... Uh, by the time you are listening to this recording... We will have done our first proper stream. Yep. yep. On uh, on Twitch. Twitch. Yes. Uh, we are gonna be having a crack at Night of the Zealot. Um, return to Night of the Zealot. Return yes, to Night of the Zealot. Yeah, it's yeah. an expansion for the the base mm-hmm. set from the the Arkham Horror card game. So we'll see how it goes. We've got a fairly basic setup, but we'll we'll see how we go. Yes. Yes. So uh, It'll be yes. Our first time streaming. Yeah. yeah, and we'll keep you informed uh, as and when we do more. Mm. Okay. Exciting. Yep. Um, so, in terms of what we've been up to, yes, we were at Common Ground. Yes. On yeah. Saturday for uh, Shadespire organised mm-hmm. play. Yeah. yeah, it was the first one of. I mean, not counting the Grand Clash, the yeah. first one that we've all took part in. First one that I've been part of. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Actually, yes. Yeah. So. Um, how did it go for you guys then? Um, very well. Yep. Um, not so well for me. No. But what I did realise, so I, I, I do play Shadespire. Mm-hmm. I'm no I would say I wouldn't say I'm as not necessarily I'm not as into it, but I don't play as much of it as Ben or Josh does. But also actually realising that my deck is designed against Ben's deck <laughs> because there were two dwarf players and mm-hmm. both of them I Drew or I, I came really close to. Yeah. Whereas Josh, Josh's army just walked right over me. Yeah. Well, we didn't. That's the whole point in my deck, though. I, I don't yeah. fight you. No, I just, I just go and sit on objectives <laughs> and do my thing and just go. <laughs> yeah. So I played you first, and I was really discouraged. Yeah. Because I'm I thought, sorry. oh great, here I go. I've got another 
but by the time I, I then played Alex, who had, had came along, mm. not saying that he, I felt good because I, I didn't beat him, but I did give him. I think I did give him a bit of a, a run for his money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that's like I said when I realised that my deck is designed to just to run interference mm, in yeah. yours really cause mayhem in but yours. But you, you, you although you although you say you didn't do all that well, you had quite a lot of close games. Yeah, yeah, it, I came in fourth ag- against quite out of four. <laughs> no one needed to know that last part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, Ben, how did you get on? Um, uh, I, I, I did well. Oh come on, just so say modest. it. Just come You're on. So modest, uh, then. Okay, I, I won. Yeah. You got a nice, uh, yeah. nice trophy. I. That, so that this was. I think. I guess this was a, a. I managed. I managed to win, all of my matches, mm-hmm. which I was quite chuffed with. Uh, a few of them were, in fact, two of them, and they were both against you guys. I won by one point. Yeah. 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 Um. So, although. Although that that does sound impressive that yeah. that I did win all my games, there were a couple of them that I won by very very small margins. Mm-hmm. I just remember there was one that I played with Alex where I was, and it's the only one where actually I was in the lead. Yeah. Right until the very last activation, which was Alex, and he decided to draw a ploy, but that yeah. ploy meant that he could reactivate a character, and he stole it. He oh. stole it from me. But it's it's a game that turns on small yeah, edges. Yeah. Because the the game that I beat Josh by one point, uh, the way that I did it was you put a key on a character. Yeah. Then I played confusion to push him off an God, objective. Yeah. That and was, that was it. It was a two point swing. Yeah. It was. Uh, so, and my close game was against Alex, yeah. where we actually had scored the same number of points, and I only won because I happened to be had more guys and objectives than he did yeah. as well. Which is that we we had to actually yeah. go th- right through the rule book to check what the tiebreaker yeah. was, and that so that this is one of the things that is, that it's worth being mindful of is that there's a couple of things that if you think your game is going to be close that you should do. The first one is to make sure that you've got a fighter in each territory, mm-hmm. yeah. just in just in case your opponent has denial or contained. Yeah, and then the other one is that you want to make sure that you've got. Um, at least as many fighters on yeah. objectives as your opponent does, yeah. just in case it's yeah. a tie. Yeah. And we just got the new leader pack, so I'm looking forward got to... Got the new leader pack, and we've got the new board with the trap yeah. tiles on it as well. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to having to go with the trap tiles. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of things in my deck that can move people about, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Looking forward to trying that out. Um, so, um, we've played a bit more Soul Wars as mm-hmm. well. Uh, Charlotte and myself had a go at that. Yeah. Um. So we were saying that we we do feel that of the two armies in the Soul Wars box set, the Stormcast is definitely the more powerful. Yeah. Um. You also said that you found the Stormcast were a lot easier to use. I did. I got a bit. I was a bit overwhelmed by the Night Haunt. Um. Because there's a lot of synergies stuff, to keep all track the sort of. Because of mm. there's a lot of stuff that actually. I forgot to do that probably yeah. would have been a lot of buffs, a lot of things like that. Um, also, the very first time we played it, I we decided not to introduce the realm rules, yeah, mm-hmm. which then meant I had another seven things to think about on top of yeah, yeah. what I was doing, and I did feel a bit overwhelmed. Yeah. Nowhere near as like I don't remember feeling like that with the Stormcast. I have played Stormcast before. I am familiar with the way the units and stuff are set up. 
but I was actually quite surprised at how how difficult I found the night hunt. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel vindicated yeah. for, <laughs> for, for I, losing my game again. And I suppose, ben. I suppose, with a game like Age of Sigmar, it, it's probably it really underpinned to me that it it's worthwhile when you're starting out at least to pick an army and stick with it for a little while, yeah. Yeah, just definitely. until you've learned the rules. I prefer the fluff for the night haunt. I love the models. I think it would be the army that mm. calls to me, but I think in in terms of being able to learn the game. And the mechanics of the game, I would be better with the Stormcast. Yeah. By the time this podcast has gone out, we'll have done our stream, but also we yes. are going to Settlers. We are. In Hamilton. Yes. Because they're having thing. an Age of Sigmar Champions demo day. Yes. There we go. Um, this, of course, the card game that we've already spoken about quite a bit. Um, and hopefully in the next episode, we'll be able to talk about that a little yes. bit more. Yeah, looking, looking forward, forward to, that. to it. Um, but on to. Tweet of the week. Yes. Tweet of the week. There we go. That's it. We're going so that, to, is that I'm the jingle now? I am going That's to save that separately. Yeah, just and always have it. Yeah. So th- this tweet's actually not, it didn't go up this week. It went it went up probably about a week or so ago. And it's a friend of the show. It's a friend of the show, but th- it's just to say that the reason it's going up now is because we did miss a week. Yes. Yep. But, um, yep. It's from Andy Lewis. His Twitter handle is. Sonic H. Hi, Andy. Hello. And it says, Who plays Gloomhaven solo? You're talking shite, mate. <laughs> End of tweet. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, straight to the point. I like it. Um, Having actually played Gloomhaven this week. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did play Gloomhaven this week. We did. Almost forgot to mention it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hi, Kevin. <laughs> no, not not the kind of game that lends itself particularly well to solo game. No, I think that would be overwhelming. So I, I so would never, levels. I would never go near it. I, yeah. I would, I'm, I would be put off playing it if that so was the case. So whoever suggested that that Gloomhaven is played primarily as a solo game is probably talking shite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, worth noting though, Andy doesn't have uh, your Scottish accent, so. So yeah. Um, I do want, we'll it, I want, to, yeah. I want to hear Andy say it. Maybe, yeah, Andy, send us a wee recording. Aye, there we go. Yeah. There we go. I think Andy is of Scottish descent, though. He referred to Scotland as the motherland. The motherland. So he's, yeah. I, he's either an adopted Scot and feels very strongly about that, mm-hmm. or is of Scottish descent. All right. In which case, he can swear with the same ire that um, that Scottish people. We did play a wee bit more Gloomhaven. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah. Uh, we we got to see the map. The map's very impressive. Oh, the map's so, beautiful. There's so much stuff. So, Kickstarter, again. What's going on? I, Just... I, I do feel that people do know our, our feelings on Kickstarter. Mm. It is the uh, the monster you love to hate. In, in, in principle, I love the idea of Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, that anybody can go on there with a good idea mm-hmm. and can have people help them make that happen. Yeah, that's awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I I don't think that Kickstarter is policed as effectively as it should be, mm-hmm. and I also think that um, a lot of companies do abuse it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the problem is that they're going to continue to abuse it because the fact of the matter is that Kickstarter just makes too much money yeah. off of them. Yeah. So so what debacle has? Uh, well, there's been quite a few this week. Actually. Yeah, debacles. 
What's the plural for debacle? Is there a collective noun for it? Like debacles? A shamble. A, sham- a shamble of debacles. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess the the main one is there's a game called Overturn. Mm-hmm. Rising Sands. Overturn Rising Sands. Yeah. Overturn Colon Rising Sands. Okay. Um, by a company called Foxtail Studios. Foxtail Studios. Thank you. Um, the game looks brilliant. Mm-hmm. It does. It, it looks like a sort of skirmish game set in the uh, One Thousand and One Nights type universe. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sounds good so far. Yeah. yeah. So what's the problem? So the problem is that first of all, suspicions were raised when people noticed that their rulebook was almost identical to the rulebook for Massive Darkness. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we're, we're, not, we we're say... not just talking format, like whole sections of it. So in terms of the layout, whole sections of text, so have... just a copy paste job. Yeah. yeah. And they're not. They're done by totally different people, right? Allegedly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's that's pretty bad plagiarism. My two cent on that issue, though, is my understanding is with copyright law, um, you uh, IP is copyrightable, but game mechanics and game rules are not. Correct. So I, but I, 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 I think that's with. So I think basically things like Pathfinder effectively being Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 was fine, particularly given that that was an old edition of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Well, one when one that of the examples released. that we've often used is that you you're not allowed to if you have cards in your game and you have a mechanic where you rotate them to mm. show that they they've been expended or something's been done to them, you're not allowed to call it tapping. Because that's Magic yeah. the Gatherings they're, thing. They're exhausted. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but loads of other games do it, right? And yeah. they'll use a term like exhaust or rotate or something like that. It's functionally the same, Yeah. but you're not allowed to call it tapping. And and But that's fine, right? You know, uh, lo- there's loads of collectible card games out there. Use that kind of mechanic, but they're all different enough. Yeah. Right. But then it got even more bizarre. Yeah. Right. An accusation at this Plagiarized. point. Plagiarised. Plagiarised their own bio. They've taken the bio from Mythic Games and what? used that as their bio on Kickstarter. They then took the return policy from another game. I can't remember which game it was. And the other thing was apparently they're based. They're a, a Pakistani company right. that are based in Canada. Okay. Um, but when they copied over the return policy, they mm-hmm. never changed any of the stuff to dollars. They just kept it. Sorry, they never changed anything to Canadian, Canadian dollars. dollars. They yeah. just kept it all as US dollars. Um, so every, like they never even changed the wording of it or anything. So that's that's the Kickstarter itself, right. not, not the game. Whole lot of plagiarism going on. Yeah. That there there has been a lot of people saying that the overturn campaign is a scam. Right. It's a bit of a leap from plagiarism to outright yeah. scam. Well, it's definitely dishonest. There appears it's to be a, a, dishonesty. Yeah. There there is still there is still an original product somewhere under all of this. As far as we know, yeah. yeah. Well, but so so right. What 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 have the studio said themselves then? Have they passed any comment on these? Well, one of the things as well, I think they were meant to do was they've been saying that they would get some play videos up, mm-hmm. and they've not been able to produce anything okay. so far. Um, I believe that they were responding and basically I can't remember exactly what they said but they made some comment how said something like they tried to refute what was being said okay. but then they just was like okay and then they've just used a copy and paste 
for the remainder of the comments. So they've actually, so in their in their in their refute to the accusation that they were plagiarizing, they plagiarized something. Yeah, yeah essentially, <laughs> it, it's bizarre. It's, yeah. It was one of these things that. Like I, you know, as I do, like I, I like to try and keep abreast of what's happening in Kickstarter. I check it every so often, and as I was flicking through the stuff on Kickstarter, I saw mm-hmm. Overturn and thought that looks cool, and just saved it. Didn't yeah. think anything of it, and um, this this game had smashed all of its goals. Mm-hmm. By the yep. way, it, yep. it was on track to be funded. Yeah, but as of recording, it was suspended by Kickstarter yes. yesterday, yes. which was the seventeenth of July. But talking about Kickstarter and maybe questioning Kickstarter's responsibility, culpability mm-hmm. was it the uh, the pledge manager mm-hmm. stepped uh, aside ple- yeah, pledge manager and backer kits the other one I think, I think yeah. it was crowd manager oh, was it, it, yeah, it's the, crowd there's, manager there's a few of like pledging. third party organisations yeah. that fulfil yeah. they, they stepped out not yesterday but the day before yeah. okay it's been since then. So it meant it meant that it was going to be a whole mess because yeah. K- Kickstarter basically provide you for a space mm-hmm. to show your project, but the the fulfilling of the pledges and taking the information and all that that's handled by um, a bunch of third party sites. Yeah. So for me, there's an original project product in there somewhere. I'm not saying that plagiarism plagiarism is okay by any stretch. It's not, but to leap to it being a scam mm. is is maybe being a little mm. bit evangelistic um for me the the main concern within all of this is the fact that a page that was full of plagiarism was vetted by kickstarter and allowed to go live well i i don't know what to what degree kickstarter that, I mean that that would take if it I, I can't imagine uh, a human is actually looking at everything that systems, goes up on there are endnote and turn in yeah. which are systems that I, I know through the universities which basically have all the information retained on database mm. and therefore will scan the current one and compare them well this is just it because I mean it's fine and well you saying about a human looking through all that you don't need to mm. And you would think you think a company like Kickstarter, who I, I think now um, turns over billions, yep, they should have something in place to yeah. check for that, right? Especially when it is all creative stuff. Yeah. And because they, I mean, they they are quite they they talk. There's loads of stuff about copyright yep. all over the website. This is quite basic mm-hmm. for a company of that size and of that repute to be slipping up on. Mm. Well, my thing with Kickstarter is that it appears that they're not wanting to take responsibility or refusing to acknowledge mm. that actually it is their site, it is their programme. They, I feel they should take a stake of the responsibility. They, they're facilitators. Yeah, exactly. So they, they do have a responsibility to ensure that things like this don't happen. Yeah. Do they have a legal responsibility, though? I mean, like it, it it's a different thing, right? But... See if you use PayPal yeah. to purchase a product and the product is not what you were expecting or there was something wrong with it. Um, PayPal can facilitate you trying to get the money back, yeah. but ultimately it's not their fault. Yeah. They just carried out the transaction for you. To kickstart, it, legally speaking, is Kickstart in the same kind of boat? No. Well, okay. no? Not as far as I know. Okay. C- certainly... As far as I'm aware, certainly as far as tabletop goes, this is the first time something like this has happened. But 
The difference here is the campaign's been suspended, so yes. no money's been collected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but any time that something has gone pear-shaped on Kickstarter, um, the only way that I've heard of backers getting their money back is if someone else has stepped in and is feeling charitable. Yeah. And most of the things with Kickstarter historically have been in the... Um, the actual manufacturing process, mm-hmm. not the actual kickstarting campaign. No, most yeah, of the issues come about when it comes delivery or you know getting my. Having said that, though, there is another thing um, that came up within the mm. past couple of days. Another campaign. Another campaign. Um, Doctor Horrible's Evil League of Evil. Yep. Which um, has funded. Uh, again, there's still quite a while to go on it, but they've advised. Uh, some of the wording they've used has uh, basically indicated that they don't have the license. For the game, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And th- this is another thing, right? Like, because you have to submit your campaign to be approved before it goes live on yeah. Kickstarter. Checking that someone actually has the license for something—that's a pretty big deal. Yes. So I think that whilst there are a lot of things here that Kickstarter don't currently do, mm-hmm. there are things happening here where I think Kickstarter are going to have to change their yes. approach. Yeah. Uh, I could actually see it if this escalates being a situation where governments could get involved. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it, it, it all comes down... The, the difficulty is, right, you, you could argue, well, consumer protection and all of that, it, but as we said before on the podcast, you are not a consumer when you're engaging with Kickstarter. No, you're, you're an not. investor. You're an investor, and investments can go wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't... I, I, I really don't know how it's going to pan out. But the, So the, this is the problem, is that Kickstarter have fed into this ambiguity mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it behaves like a shop, yeah. but then when people don't get what they want from the shop, they say, oh, you're an investor. Yeah. Yeah. But it is behaving now... Yeah more like a glorified pre-order service so it yeah. has it has to re-identify itself it mm-hmm. has to acknowledge more responsibility for these things that are happening or i really do question if it can carry on because it is facilitating fraud yeah. i actually wonder if the um if it's a bit like now bear with me um but looking at it in terms of video games where for a while, a lot of games were being rushed out mm-hmm. without actually all the proper, you know, they weren't checking all the ticking all the. It was two two thousand and thirteen. There yeah. was like a ream of games. Yeah, games that that had been rushed out to meet deadlines, and they were terrible. And it was it was prolific games as well. Yeah, but I wonder if maybe Kickstarter is creating or putting a pressure potentially mm. on manufacturers, on board game designers, to create a game and get it sold and get it out to market before. It's maybe ready to. So yeah. Kickstarter itself, I don't think, is putting that pressure on mm. people. But I, th- I think that the the customer base around it. Yeah. Because the fact of the matter is that, although we say they're investors, they're not. They they are they are, to all intents and purposes, customers pre-ordering things. Mm. Well, letter of the law, they're not though. It's at a stage where it's ambiguous as to whether they're investors. Or yeah, it's kind of like if it if it looks like pre-ordering and it smells like pre-ordering and it sounds like you're pre-ordering, then yeah, pre-ordering. how how on earth are you not pre-ordering a game? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I get. I it's 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 a really weird time. I like the the thing that I keep thinking as we're talking about this is like, is this the first example of like 
uh, board game uh, catfishing on the internet. <laughs> like what you're expecting is this great game with lovely looking miniatures and you know nice fleshed out rule book. But when it when it shows up and it's in the flesh, it's uh. just it's just another copy of zombies. The other thing I was going to say about Kickstarter is because actually Kickstarter, whenever we talk about it, we're talking about it in terms of board games. But there is so much on Kickstarter, and I wonder if any of the other yeah the the market the market goes way beyond have tabletop. the same problem or have the same issues that are coming up through the board game community. I can't imagine some of them must have right. I mean, it, it, there's there's certain things that it's going to be harder to to do this sort of yeah. thing than right, so others, right? I mean, I, I can't I can't imagine that uh, this is this is a problem. Exclusive to yeah. board games on Kickstarter. No, because uh, although although games are the the biggest portion of Kickstarter, mm-hmm. certainly ha- having having used Kickstarter from the early days um, and seeing what it is now, I feel quite dissatisfied with what it's become. Right. Um, so I think the. I think the first project I backed was uh, a guy designing his own dwarf miniatures, mm-hmm. and he just put up like photographs of the green stuff sculpts that he's made and some of his sketches. Yeah, and he he did pretty well from that. Yeah, wasn't spectacular, but he did okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Osworn, I think he's actually at his own company now. Yeah, he's he's actually designed a a tabletop role playing game and some other things, but. But then, like we're looking right now, and like Cool Mini or not is by far like the most funded project in games. Yeah. And nine hundred eighty-seven percent funded, just yeah. to be precise. That's a lot of percent. That's a lot of percent. And they've that so it's just shy of two million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And that that product's not going to be with those people for two years. Yeah. Yep. This is it, though. Like you, cool mini or not, love this business model. Zero risk, right? You get your money up front for your project. You don't have to go. You don't have to go to the bank for a loan and pay interest and arrangement fees. You just you you all you have to do is give Kickstarter a cut. But it's like and Kickstarter s- are going to love it too. Yeah, but it's like you've said before, because people, you know, because like that's the thing that keeps coming up is that it minimizes the risk. Mm. Why should they not? have to absorb the risk because like you said if you know Joe Bloggs down the road decides that he's going to start out um, his own plumbing business mm-hmm. he has to pay for his own van yep. pay for his own tools and he doesn't have anywhere near the money or resources cool money or not does mm. I know look, look I'm, I'm not saying it whether it's right or wrong it's just that's that that's cool money or not thinking Kickstarter perfectly fine with it because they make a shed load of money of fees. And they will make a shed load of money of fees with this. Um, So really it's kind of up to us to maybe push for, you know, the little guys on Kickstarter. Yeah. Give them a bit of the limelight rather than rather than just throwing our money at the the likes of Cool Mini. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm bashing Cool Mini a lot but no, it's, I mean, um, they, 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 they're one of the biggest cult, like people who do this. So I do, I think the bashing is justified. Yeah, because 
the they're churning games out. Mm. Yeah. They're absolutely churning them out. They cost a fortune. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's not as if you know, like Games Workshop churn out a lot of product. Aye. But it's product for all price ranges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool mini or not, don't do anything that's gonna cost you less than a hundred pounds. Yeah. Yep. So that's our thoughts on Kickstarter. I'll like, on that on that cheery note. Until next time, thank you very much for listening, guys. And I uh, hope you enjoyed that and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi there guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. This is Ewan Bowers for the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Executive producer. Uh, <laughs> I believe that's my title. I believe I put enough into the Patreon. You too can put money into the Patreon. It's highly recommended. It helps these guys out. But if you're too cheap, there's always the Twitter and the uh, the Facebook page. You can get those on uh, just searching Unlucky Frog Gaming. And there's also a website, www.unluckyfrog.com. Unluckyfrog.com. I want to be a producer. You can't. We, we, there can only be one producer, Tom. <laughs> <laughs>